Hi there, everybody. This is a follow-up from the sermon that Garen gave on June 27th on the Holy Spirit. And Garen's here with me. This is Jordan. And so we're going to do a really succinct and quick and brief, but hopefully useful wrap-up of what was talked about. But Garen didn't have time to get to everything, so he's going to add in some extra things that are really vital to the message that we want you guys to know about. So, Garen, I'm glad we're doing this because I honest, I nodded off during the message, so it's really good that I can go back and hear this. Um, so, just kidding. No, this is this is going to be really good and useful. And like I said, we're going to keep it about 15 minutes. And there are just a couple of things that Garen wanted to add that uh, that we've talked through and seem really important that we know as a church moving forward. So, Garen, I'm going to give it to you, um, and feel free to just take us through kind of what we missed maybe, if you didn't have time for, and, and why it's important to us. Yeah, one thing, there's a quote that I just love that just time was so short, and it caught me off guard yesterday. Um, but Samuel Chadwick said, Men ablaze are invincible. Hell trembles when men kindle. The stronghold of Satan is proof against everything but fire. The church is powerless without the flame of the Holy Spirit. Destitute of fire, nothing else really counts possessed of fire, nothing else really matters. The one vital need is fire. Without the flame and fervor of the Holy Spirit, the church will never accomplish its mission. And that even that last part is really significant, Jordan, the whole thing about mission. Um, just I've been really sensing that in my own life, just a longing for, um, I mean, through COVID and everything, just realizing that if, if the Spirit of God is not in the stuff we're doing, you know, we're just moving furniture on a deck, and is it, you know, we, we just desperately need him if we're going to make an impact in culture. That's just what I really feel like. I'm just sensing that a lot these days. So really was wanting to get into the Holy Spirit with Acts because I've been feeling that. And one thing, I, I think one, I had two missions yesterday in my mind, Jordan. One of them was, is there those, those four group stories where there's laying on of hands and tongues and all this going on with groups and the Spirit coming on people and... And I've been asked a lot about what is that, what is that about, what's, that, what's happening, and, you know, the church history, I don't want to get into all that, but kind of with the, the, re, the restoration movement that came out of Methodism and Wesleyanism and then some of the charismatic renewal, that some of that stuff has been interpreted as, um, like, a, you have to have a second blessing to live a fruitful life, or you need to speak in tongues if you're really a believer, or you really are saved, or you really have the Spirit, and that... I'm convinced that's not what Luke is doing, that that's not what was the purpose of those those things. And so I kind of wanted to correct that. And then I really wanted to just challenge us to be leaning more into the Spirit. That was kind of my, kind of the purpose. And I think probably I hit that first part pretty well generally. Would you, do you feel like? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, that's kind of what I took out of it. But I know there are a few things that we were just talking about that you said could have been added to it or maybe didn't didn't have time for that really brought it together. Yeah, so for me, the thing that I didn't get to say first service, which is where most people were, that after the fact, because I was kind of winging it, I'm like, ah, dang, that was really important, is the thing you and I even just talked about here, that that to me, those stories, those four stories and acts, they, some people take them as being prescriptive, like that is how the Christian life should be everywhere, every place, like there should be, you know, groups receiving the Spirit and tongues and prophesying all happening, and that 
that I'm convinced what Luke was doing and what Jesus was doing and God was doing is the early church just did not understand that this was truly for all nations and God had to show them that the Samaritans are going to get it and the Gentiles are going to get it and that that's why that was so important for them. And it was more descriptive of that situation in the first century church. It's not prescriptive for us that it's not, that's not what's normative. And you even kind of put it some way that I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, as I, so I was kind of just making sure I understood that, you know, it's not prescriptive. It's not that it has to happen this way or else it's not real, because I think that's one thing we ask is, well, if I haven't had that experience, is the Holy Spirit even in me? Am I just faking it? What's going on? And no, it's not prescriptive. It's just talking about, from a in a narrative sense, what happened with the church in that first century, and that that is not a formula that we should say, if it doesn't happen this way, then it's not right. Um, because I think there's a temptation to do that, and maybe even we've heard teaching like that and have been confused by it, where someone says, hey, this is how it's got to look, and if it doesn't, then you're not real. So it is not a formula in early Acts for how you know um, your walk should look, and so no one should feel less than or insecure if they haven't had that experience. Many strong believers have experience with, with those works of the Spirit. Many don't. Many have prayed for it and not received it. And so I think we just have to say, you know what, um, God, my relationship with you is real, whether it looks like that or not, um, isn't the point. Right. It's not about that. It's yeah. about so much more than that. And and someone just walked in and, and talked about 1 Corinthians 12, right, that there are much greater things than these gifts going on. And so to lock in on this, we really kind of miss, yeah. miss the point. Right. And that's, so that was kind of my main point. I think if you understand, again, access, the whole point of it is it's about God is on a mission to reach all nations. That's the whole point. It's about the kingdom reaching all nations. That's the structure of the book. And so that stuff is all about them. They had to figure out who really were the people of God and who were they going to take the gospel to. And they didn't get it at first. And he had to do some pretty big things with the Spirit, with the apostles present, witnessing it to go back and report so that the church, that early church, got it. And so that's what I think was going on. Um, yeah, so, so you might ask, okay, so why then? Why, Garen, did the Spirit pour himself out in that way on those people? And you're saying, well, it was all about the mission. Like every yes. time God's Spirit was poured out and tongues were spoken or miraculous healings happened, that, you know, that in itself wasn't the point. It was a vehicle to further the mission. Yeah. Is, that, yes. is that accurate? And something that I didn't even get to in either service that I really wanted to is if you look at when Luke does talk about, after, other than those things, when, you talk, when it talks about him filling people with the Spirit, almost every time it says he filled them with the Spirit and they spoke with boldness or they had more courage. It's, it's almost always about boldness and courage and words related to the mission of taking the good news. And really, so for me, the normative thing that I take from Acts isn't we've got to have those big experiences laying on hands and tongues and all that. The normative thing is, is we better have the Holy Spirit I mean, we better be under his influence, right? We need to ha have humility, and we're longing for his work through us. But the point is the mission of God. That's in Acts. Every time the Spirit is, is influencing a person, it's all about the mission of God. And I really didn't get to say that yesterday. And so it's that whole thing again, that the, the mission is the center of everything. I think for the Christian, for us at 12th, that it isn't that the church has a mission. God's been on mission since Genesis 3, and his mission has a church. And even the Spirit and His empowerment is all about us becoming the kind of people we should be for the purpose of God's mission. Yeah. So, Garen, let me ask a hard question really quick. So, 
it it's clear what it looked like for God's Spirit to be poured out on His people in early Acts, and we read about those things. But you're telling us that's not the formula for what we should look like. So what does it look like in 2021 at TBC for God's Spirit to be poured out on us if we're praying, God, give us more of your Spirit, more of your Spirit? If it's not looking like group healings and group tongues and things like that, I mean, how do we know that he is faithful in filling us? Like what kinds of things should we be seeing in our body so that we know that, that he's at work among us and, and moving us forward in his mission? Yeah, great question. I One of the passages, if I had had time that I would have taken us to, of the Spirit filling them, it said, um, I'm trying to turn on my notes right now to see if I can find it, but it's in Acts 4, and it said that um, he filled them, that they became more courageous, spoke with boldness, and then there's a stupid paragraph break and a little heading that, that always, even for me, I, it makes me disconnect. But right after this, that, it says, and the church was unified and of one mind and spirit. And I think, so to me, the two greatest evidences of the spirit actually are not so much miraculous signs. It is the fruit of the spirit and the unity of the spirit that I think those are the two things that most, and that's what we get to if you get in, in 1 Corinthians 12. In 1 Corinthians 12, he's talking all about spiritual gifts, and then he says, but there is a better way, and the way is 1 Corinthians 13, and it is love, and love is one of the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, gifts are important, but the fruit of the Spirit is the most important. If I've got gifts and no fruit, what's the point? So to me, the greatest manifestation is that I am seeing myself inwardly transformed slowly, more into the image of Jesus by the Spirit, more levels of love and peace and joy and all of that, and that the unity of the Spirit is what's prevailing in a church. To me, those are the two hallmarks. I mean, isn't that what Jesus said in John, if you think about it? He said the two places where he says, they will know you sent me when they love one another and when they're one. And so those are the two markers, So and it fits. So to me, the greatest evidence of the Spirit is that we're a unified body and that the fruit of the Spirit is coming in us, and we're on mission with him, that that's, we're empowered to be on mission. So... so- let me make sure I got this straight. So the two markers are one, is it Galatians 6, 22, 23? Is that the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. 5, 22 through 23. That we can go there and say, these are the markers of my life. Those are really easy to say. Am I gentle or am I not? Am I loving or am I not? It's easy to see those. Unity is kind of one of those words where it's like, how do we measure that? Because we are a church with people with different viewpoints and different experiences, and not everybody's Baptist. In fact, I would say not a whole lot are, right. would probably define as right. Baptist. So like... What does unity look like at 12th when we are different people with different spiritual experiences? Um, does it mean that I have to agree with everyone, everything you say or everyone says? Or uh, Just unpack unity really yeah. quickly. Well, and I think you would probably agree with me, and I'd like to hear what you say. I mean, my first thought is, is we're unified around Jesus, that he's the center, that he's what's important, we follow him, and we're on mission with him. And there's going to be differences and little things, interpretations here and there. And I think 12th has been great about that over the years. And that in those little things that we have grace with each other and we allow each other to have those little beliefs. I mean, there are people I know at 12th who have who speak in tongues in a, in a personal prayer closet experience. And I have zero problem with that. Um, and we've never divided over that issue. I mean, because that to me is that that, that level that you don't divide. So to me, it's just that we're centered on Jesus, we're centered on his mission, and we have grace for each other in those little areas of difference. And we don't let petty things divide us. So, so at 12th, instead of saying, is the Spirit showing us tongues? Is the Spirit doing mass healings? Is the Spirit working in these, these crazy ways that we see in Acts? Instead of saying those are the markers, we should say, A, do I look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and see those in my life? And B, 
am I a part of this body that keeps Jesus at the center and doesn't focus on these peripheral issues and get, get hung up on those? You'd say those two markers are the really tangible markers of whether I'm letting the Spirit yeah. really I, have I, dominion. And I think on mission with him together in a way that is empowered, because that's really, to me, central in Acts, is I need the Holy Spirit desperately in my life. We need him at 12th, and we need it because we've got a mission to accomplish, and on our own, it's not going to happen well. We've desperately got to have him help us to be moving to reach all nations, so and restoring all things back to him one place, one person, one place at a time. I mean, we've got to have his empowerment. We've got to have it. Mm-hmm. And that's my growing conviction, is I just want him in my life so much, and in the church, not not for all these whatever, not, I'm, I don't care about having outward experiences, all that. I just want the fruit of the Spirit, that we're living the way of Jesus, we're on mission with Jesus, we're unified in that, and we're empowered to reach Emporia and, you know, the nation, so. Cool. Okay. This has been helpful for me. Um, I hope it's been helpful for you guys. Garen, we wanted to keep this short. We're at about 13 minutes now. We wanted to keep this just something you can listen to on, on the ride home, so you want to close it with, I mean, any other thoughts that you wanted to get across? Is that kind of the point of it or yeah, we're I kind of at the wrap-up stage to here? To me, as I've been wrestling and even my own prayer life, um, because Paul says, be being filled with the Spirit, but it's that passive command. I can't make that happen. But what I can do is I think I create a hard environment of, of an open, a posture and of open hands and of just longing for his spirit. And I'm just, every day, I'm just like, I want more of you, Jesus. Spirit, I want more of you. I want your influence in my life. Whatever that looks like, that's up to you. But I just am desperately needing you and for us to do the things we need to do. So I, I just encourage people that just a part of your daily prayer life ought to be a yielding and asking for more of him and let him determine what that's going to look like. But just a, a, a humility, a contriteness of spirit, and a sense that we can't do this alone. And that without the fire of the spirit, you know, we're just moving furniture on the deck. And I don't want to just be moving furniture on deck. I want to be part of a movement of God. That's what I want to be. So, Cool. Okay. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hope this fit into your drive home and hope it was useful. And, uh, yep, more good stuff to come. So thanks for being with us.